Today's guest on the Horny Deer Sense podcast is Jason Kephart of the Kendra Life on Carbon TV. We met Jason and his family uh, last spring at the Iowa Deer Classic. Their booth was beside ours. And it was actually a really funny situation. If you've not seen the Kendry life, uh, it's basically Jason documenting his two daughters through their outdoor adventures. Just a great, really wholesome family show. And then you have Horny Deer Sense marching in and posting it right beside them. So, and, uh, you know, by the time we left, you know, they were family, but it was a pretty funny situation. Had an absolute ball catching up with Jason, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the Horny Deer Sense Podcast. I'm your host, founder of Horny Deer Sense, Scott Pratt. In this podcast, we connect with personalities across the outdoors, sharing hunting tips, reliving old hunting memories, and discussing life in general. Our goal as a podcast and as a company is to bring new hunters into this great lifestyle and to help keep the ones that we've got. So settle in, hang out with us for a little while on the Horny Deer Sense Podcast. Jason Kephart, welcome to the Horny Deer Scent Podcast. Man, you know what? It feels like we've been waiting for this day for a few months. I've had uh, a lot of things going on here recently, but it's nice to catch up with you. How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's been a, it's been a minute. I, I, I legitimately miss you and your family. I know. You know, I was just thinking about that before we uh, jumped on here. I was like, why am I doing this with this dude? And I was like... <laughs> Because we like made family right away, meeting this uh, this group of this group of new friends. What eight months ago? Oh yeah, we we uh, we will forever be attached. And yeah. I talk about it. It it honestly comes up on every podcast that we were in Iowa when the pandemic hit. Yep. So we are forever <laughs> attached. Like there's no way that you or your family ever you know go from my memory. The hand sanitizer group. Remember when we were hiding the hand sanitizer behind the pictures because it was like a new thing? <laughs> I felt, honestly, for a minute, you know, we were selling a lot of merchandise and stuff, but for a second, I almost felt like we should switch over to hand sanitizer. And That's the entrepreneurial stuff. spirit in us. <laughs> so, and I, I've, I've wanted to talk to you about this. So, for people that, that are not familiar with you and your show, the kindred life. Uh, you've got this this beautiful family, and you've got what three three daughters now. Uh, two daughters and a son. Two daughters and a son, and yep. you had your two daughters at the Iowa Deer Classic with you. That's right. And yep. the youngest yep. one at that time was how old? Uh, the oldest one it was twelve, and the youngest was six at the time. Yep, they've okay. had a birthday since. So you've got this picturesque family, the kindred life, <laughs> and all of a sudden you see three guys walking in like they're lost, putting up a banner that says horny deer sense. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And I was like, oh, there goes the family show. <laughs> and that was my honest first thought. I was like, you know, because as a, as a business owner, you're always looking at people's brands and their titles and all. Oh, and yeah. You look over like I, I totally put on the uh, the uh, the judgmental hat, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I don't see how you couldn't. I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I don't fault you for that. I'd be I'd be the same way. Honestly, 
when I saw your family, my first thought was, oh, shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> Little blonde-haired girls with ponytails talking about family hunting. <laughs> I know it. And they're I so know. adorable. Yeah. Well, let, let me back up a minute here. So Carrie and I had been traveling around the country for, oh, I don't know, about 15 years now. And uh, we were born and raised on the Chesapeake Bay of Maryland. And all the shows that we were going to were Harrisburg, Richmond, um, all the politicized places that are just uh, full of people. Uh, we, you know, when we moved to the Midwest, it was a, a big change for us because it was a different type of people that we were meeting. Uh, so what we had come to the conclusion of was over these years of traveling and going to shows and such was that quite frankly, uh, I don't know, 80% of this hunting industry is full of a bunch of jackasses really. <laughs> and we, <laughs> And we were traveling with our two daughters and they were getting to meet everybody. Well, behind the scenes, the TV shows are sponsors and partners and it's cutthroat and it's a bunch of bullshit, really. So when we decided to do Iowa, it'd been a few years since we had done any shows. Oh, really? So we, that makes it even yeah, better. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we get there with the horny deer scent guys beside <laughs> us and we're trying to, you know, trying to keep the, uh, the tunnel vision, you know, right on our show while we're trying to set up in our booth and all. And, well, come to find out that the guys beside us from Georgia happened to fall into that 20% of the real good people, just the people that remind us why we're doing this, the camaraderie, uh, the type of people that we want to be around. So that's what it ended up being for us at the Iowa show, meeting the horny, the horny deer scent guys. So. Dude, I appreciate that, man. And likewise, uh, honestly, I think being placed beside you guys kind of spoiled us because where you've been out there and you've seen kind of the shitty side of the industry, we get beside you guys and we're like, man, everybody's incredible in the outdoor industry. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the opposite effect, but yeah, that, there were, especially uh, that first day when my, my brother Sean learned that they were selling mixed drinks and uh, he started filling us full of captain and sprite and uh <laughs> it got a little weird there for a minute but we had an absolute ball uh i think probably our aisle out of the, <laughs> out of the, yeah. the whole complex we probably had more fun than anybody oh yeah no, i would agree with that for sure especially the families back and forth and just you guys have a, a real a big family atmosphere going on in your booth too so you know our daughters love the the atmosphere that you guys had and it just really kicked off so it was good uh i'm glad that i'm glad that it worked out but yeah i, yeah. I remember uh seeing you and your family there <laughs> and I like oh man i don't know how far they came for this trip but i hope they're not pissed no heck no 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 we've been around it all you know you guys take it's a smart brand idea so once you realize it's a business instead of just a bunch of guys throwing a name on something to act up you guys actually have a good brand, um, you know, a good, a good thing that you're doing with your business. So it kind of, it kind of goes, you know, if yeah. I didn't have all the family thing going, I, I, I'd say that's a really good idea. Yeah. There's a, there's definitely a line that I have to toe. Like if we're, if I do any type of post or whatever, uh, because the product is so good. Yeah. Uh, if, if I go one way more towards it, it could just end up being a character, a caricature of a company more so than, you know, a, f a phenomenal product. So I have to watch it. Uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> I'm yeah. glad that it, it worked out the way that it did. 
uh, I'm glad that we still keep in touch and, you know, just even now seeing the steps that you and your family have taken, you know, the big move out to Wyoming, how is that going? Oh, yeah. really, really cold out there all the time? Yeah, you know what, but it's not, um, there's no humidity in the air. So it can be zero degrees out here in Wyoming and it feels just like a 30 degree Kansas day. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't really feel that cold. You know, I walk around out in a t-shirt out there when it's like five or six degrees and it just feels good to me while the locals are bundled up in like their rabbit fur hats and all that stuff. I mean, this feels great with no humidity out here. <laughs> so, That's awesome. So you are digging it? Yeah, it's, we're, we're liking I, uh, Wyoming a lot here. Um, so our original plan was to uh, get the business started up and then we were going to move it to Iowa. Uh, we actually both uh, nailed down jobs in Iowa, and that's why we did the Des Moines show where we met uh, you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were moving to Iowa, but as you said at the beginning of this podcast, that's when the coronavirus really just kind of took off that beginning of March, and we didn't really know what to expect. Um, the following months when we got back to Kansas, the end of March and April, Kansas was the first state in the country to shut their schools down. And as you know, my wife's the superintendent down here. So I was behind the scenes on these laptop meetings and all, and I could see what was getting ready to happen to the country. And I was like, Oh crap. Uh, Kansas was the first education system to shut down. Really? And, uh, yep. And then about two weeks later, uh, when the coronavirus really expanded across the country, uh, we started to lose portions of our business you know, because we have some products and stuff that we're selling as far as the other kind of scent and all. And uh, I just couldn't get any of the manufacturing or the products, the labels, everything started to, to fold up. So we just pretty much folded the whole business up and wrote it out. Yeah, it's been tough. We haven't, uh, not to the extremes that you guys experienced with supplies and stuff, but just like like little things like our spray mist nozzles and stuff. Yeah, that's uh, exactly. the, the little things that... You, I say little things, but they're huge things. You can't it's sell huge. it without it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's huge, right? So, like, you know, like, our main things are, like, uh, with the deer supply companies, an offshoot of our Kindred Life. So, we are in the deer supply company. What's your website, we do- by the way? While, while, we're, while we're on the subject, go ahead and plug that, mofo. All right, www.thedeersupplycompany.com. And uh, what we do is uh, a lot of bug repellents that are chemical-free, and we spray them on the kids, uh, but – for the hunter and all of us, we do the cover scents, the dirt, cedar, pine, all the cover sprays and stuff that we do across the, the country that we ship out. Uh, the bug repellent came into play um, because as an outfitter, guide, taxidermist all my life, I actually contracted the Lyme's disease in about 2007 in Maryland. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there, there's some heart and passion behind this. So I, I dealt with the Lyme disease pretty heavily for years. Um, How bad did that get, by the way? It got so bad that we're, Carrie was like, where do you want to go live this out? What? That's why we went to Kansas. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, my so goodness. I had a huge, hey, dude, I had a huge taxidermy shop in Maryland that I could not keep up with. Probably two or 300 shoulder mounts a year. It was just totally busy. Doing what I wanted to do. I was outfitting seeker hunts or guiding seeker hunts. So you're preparing outfitting. to exit. Oh, yeah. No, for sure, dude. I lived Whoa. in the hospital about every uh, – I wish Carrie was here because she'd be, like, rolling her eyes. But it was a pretty tough time for us because I was in and out of the hospital all the time. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, false negatives, false positives. Uh, they were trying Sounds to like blame COVID. It. 
Uh, yeah, that's why I don't want to get any testing. You can't, you can't trust these people. I know it. Well, uh, one day I, I, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. That, well, yeah, yeah, I said that's no, awesome just, as far as you parlaying that into producing products to counter that. Well, one day I was sitting in Maryland in my recliner and I had a stroke. And I was 34 years old. And I remember crawling to the kitchen by myself and I was like, something's wrong with my heart. <laughs> you know, it was, oh. it was just, I didn't know if I was having a heart attack. Was this the big one? So, so I, I, I just turned it. 40 and I'm starting to get paranoid about yeah. everything yep. <laughs> for somebody you know, that is paranoid about heart issues. What, what does a, a stroke feel like? Well, I can only tell you what I've been through. Now, my dad actually had a heart attack. My grandfather had a heart attack that he died of. My dad survived his a quadruple bypass that said he was lucky. So I listened. My to dad did, uh, survived the Widowmaker uh, this February. Oh, geez, yeah. So, I mean, I talked to my dad a little bit about it. I've read on the internet, but the only thing I can tell you that I went through, um, it felt exactly like somebody dumped a cooler of ice over my body. My left side went entirely numb, not tingly like you slept on the wrong side of the bed, like like it was just disappeared, gone. Oh, and then I could feel my head and my neck just straightening out, and I was losing consciousness. Oh, that sounds horrible. Dude, I crawled to the kitchen, and the only thing I could think of was to turn the sink on and just start splashing water on me. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, couldn't figure it out. Well, then I got to my phone and called the ambulance, and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Come get me. Ah, oh, it's horrible. And it's, and it's different, you know, when you're 54, like you're 34 years old 34, when this happened. And you know, you're, you're an athlete. Yeah. You, know, you, yep. you seem, I don't know what kind of shape you were in then, but I would, I wouldn't think perfect. that you, you would look much different than what you look like right now. No, perfect shape back then. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, I was, you know, always active in shape, eat good, healthy diet, everything, but the line, the ticks is what got me. So uh, this was when my daughter Maddie wasn't even born yet. The youngest that you met, she wasn't even born yet. And I had Brooke and Brooke was about six. So after we went to the um, hospital and got everything kind of diagnosed and figured out, we figured out it was Lyme disease. Uh, they put me on some medication, uh, antibiotics were too late. And then uh, I was basically just ride it out and let us know how you go. Dude, that's so look, so we So he carries like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to live this out? And I'm like, I want to go to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> i want to go with some big deer on my way up i well so carrie and the girls are native americans whose tribe is in kansas oh okay uh, and then i was in the air force in kansas so kansas was just kind of like this we knew it was a good place for family because i'd been there in the military carrie's tribe was there we had access to hunting ground it was just a good place to go start over that's awesome so fast forward to kansas and then now my daughters are now checking trail cameras with me in one of the most tick infested areas in the country. Mm. So that's where the deer supply Ooh. and the bug repellent came about. I was like, they are not getting Lyme disease. I know they're going to come check it out. I don't want to spray any of the stuff off the counters on them because it's got chemicals. It says, leave it off the kids. Don't spray it on your skin. So I didn't want to put that on the kids, but the kids really wanted to be out there with me. So I racked my head for about two years trying all kinds of homebrew stuff and then one day I just hit the magic, magic potion where you can spray the stuff around the kids' faces, arms, hair, that's awesome. the tick, ticks and bugs down. So that's that part. It's of called it. bug off, right? Yeah, that's the bug off. Um, we have two versions of the bug off. One has the tick repellent into it, 
and I actually special order some of that stuff overseas, uh, some of the tick ingredients that we put into there. Uh, and then for people who don't have ticks or aren't worried about it, you know, people sitting out back barbecuing or, you know, just trying to keep the mosquitoes down, we have the lavender bug off, which isn't mm. as intrusive as, you know, the bug off with the tick stuff. So it smells better. The ticks, you know, those worry me because, yeah. you know, they, they, they sneak up on you. Uh, to go through that ordeal, even stepping back out in the woods, I can imagine how paranoid, not even, not only now, but particularly like the first few years that you started getting your legs back under you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say right now, I still think about it all the time, you know, because I got some relatively tough skin. And being, I still do some taxidermy work, you know, they're coming in with ticks and I'm always picking them off. But then you got the seed ticks and you don't yeah. have the seed ticks, which people like kind of refer to as chiggers and whatnot. But a lot of them are just baby ticks and seed ticks that come out in August and July. Right. So you get them covered if, and, you know, like the pepper flakes that itch like crazy. Yeah. And you don't know if they're carrying the Lyme disease, you know, like what, yeah. what, there's no research out there. You just know if you get the bullseye, it, Go get seen. The reason that I'm laughing and my older brother is showing, uh, who, by the way, he's got two sons and never had a daughter. And I think he would have just loaded Maddie and taken <laughs> her back. Like he really took up with her. Uh, but and, it, and it's been a while, but at one point, and I don't remember what he was doing, but he had, you know, that area, and I, I'm about to get a little vulgar and graphic if you got kids around, but no. Yeah, but between between your butthole and your ball bag. You uh, think? Yes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he had a tick in like embedded oh. in his tape. And so oh. look, and that's why I, I'm laughing because I and I feel yeah. like I had to tell this now to explain why I'm laughing during your tig story. But it's all I can all think right. about is him laying on his back with his legs spread like he's about to get, give labor and having yeah. his wife dig this tick out of his tape. Oh, he's oh, going to love this. That is funny. <laughs> Well, I, I remember when I went to see the doctor, he was like, have you ever been bitten by a tick? And Carrie was with me. And I was like, uh, 10,000 maybe? I don't know. You know, yeah, like, seriously. literally, they just fall off the deer in the shop and they're all over me. And they, you know, a couple hours later, look down, there's a freaking tick buried in you. Yeah. No, so, it's, uh, well, and it's, it, it's just one of those things that's uh, just at some point the odds catch up with you, you know, like yeah. not wearing a, a tree harness or something. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't grow up hunting, right? Do I remember that correctly? Oh, you got me way wrong. Uh -uh, I grew up hunting coming out of the chute. I don't know so, where I got the story mixed now, up. Gary, Gary didn't grow up hunting. Maybe that's what you guys were telling yeah. me about. Like yeah, I knew, I, I knew she was an athlete and you were, you actually played collegiate baseball, right? Uh, no, I actually went into the military after high school, but I played high level Legion travel Babe Ruth baseball. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm actually coaching travel softball right now, but you know, so when I grew up, I was the first grandchild born in a huge family of deer hunters. Gotcha. And, oh uh, yeah. I was, I way was off. a boy. Oh man. They tossed me around. I got pictures of when I was two years old on top of deer, my uncle's deer. And some of the most fondest memories I've ever had are just at the skin and pole with my uncles and just back in the seventies and eighties was just such an awesome time. It seems like that's what it was. You got, we were talking to y'all and you were talking about your background versus your wife's background. Yep, uh, yep. How did you usher her into this lifestyle where now your whole, I mean, really, and I think it's awesome. Like just looking at, uh, 
even now, like your social media feeds and stuff and your family's just so involved. They're outdoors. The smiles are huge. Your yeah. daughter's trophy room is already better than mine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 it's really, really cool to see. Yeah. And when I met you guys up there, I wasn't, I had heard of the, the Kindred Life show, but I'd never, you know, downloaded the carbon TV app and watched yeah. any of the show. So when we came back, you know, I really dove into some of your shows and uh, just everything that, that you and your wife have been able to do and bring your daughters along for the ride. I'll be honest, a little jealous. <laughs> well, you know, um, it means a lot to me to do that. You know, th there was a seven year stretch where I never killed a deer because I was so involved with taking them out and making sure that they had a good time. We were filming a show. So I was the cameraman, the editor, the deer guide, the taxidermist. I was the whole kit and caboodle behind <laughs> the scenes. But to back it up to Carrie, so Carrie and I met in Maryland. Um, it was just the wrong time for me to meet a woman. That's just usually when it happens. Of course. <laughs> she comes Carrie graduating college. She's, you know, 4.0 GPA. She was a so college she's a badass. I'm just going to put it. She's a badass. But go on. She's a badass. She, she carried a 4.0 GPA, uh, college athlete. And here I am, you know, just getting out of the military, trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. She's like, what do you like to do? I was like, oh, I like to hunt. I'm a taxidermist. You know, <laughs> So she like found out quickly she was going to want to spend any credible amount of time with me. She was going to have to learn how to hunt and fish and be there with me. And uh, I like to teach people. So just having somebody new who's never experienced any fishing, hunting or anything, it was awesome for me to get to know her and teach her those ways. Of course, we started out with fishing. Uh, our first date, I wish she was here again, but our first date, I took her out catfishing on the river. Oh, and you're talking about a girly girl who never touched slimy catfish and she had a ball because it was May and the catfish were spawning as fast as you could throw one out. They were trying to yank that ride in the river. Oh, and uh, so uh, she was just bringing them in one after another. And, and that's one thing I always tell people, you know, if you're going to get somebody new involved, um, make it, you don't want it to have to be successful all the time, but make that first one somewhat successful. That way they get a good feeling out of it and want to come back. So yeah. Oh, yeah. The, now, the was, fishing led to hunting. I was thinking about that. I actually went out this morning for a quick sit and they're starting to uh, run does pretty hard down here in Northwest Georgia right now. And, uh, the first, the first hour of daylight, like it was literally, you couldn't keep up with everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, I didn't see anything, you know, big enough to shoot, let a few decent ones walk by. But uh, that was my thought while I was sitting there. If you were going to get somebody in this sport, this yep. is the time to do it. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And I see a lot of the uh, a lot of the states right now have youth hunts going on. It's a perfect time for youth hunts. Uh, where I'm from, Maryland, there are youth hunts going on right now during the rut. And uh, the kids are just getting hooked. It's awesome. I, I think it's really good for them. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, when I've – I met Carrie, I got her involved into fishing. Uh, she partook into that, and I got her into some duck hunting and deer hunting. She shot a few deer, and she just loved it. Uh, she didn't grow up on it, but like I said, she's Native American, so I think it's kind of in her blood. It's got to be. Yeah, and her grandparents were from, you know, West Virginia, so I think somewhere deep down in there that, you know, she respected – wild game venison providing for yourself yeah. the whole atmosphere i'm not running around you know doing anything I'm, I'm hunting so i think she respected that point too you know that i'm an honest man i just want to provide for the family the hunting 
and our family has provided so many amazing moments. It's unbelievable. You wouldn't believe the, the amount of times and we do it weekly. Like we're just sitting around the dinner room table. We bring up a hunt and all of us are emerged in the conversation, smiles, exact memories, the time, the date, the place, the smell, and all of us just sitting there eating dinner as a family, smiling from ear to ear. So, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. What's your, yeah. what, which one in this moment sticks out? The best memory for hunting? It don't have to be the best, just whichever, whichever one comes to mind. Uh, involving your wife daughter it's, yourself it's, there's so many they all are very high and i can tell you details from almost every hunt that i've ever been on much less my family's i can tell you all the details because so much planning goes behind it but my all-time favorite was brooke my oldest daughter when she shot her first buck uh she was eight years old in kansas all you have to be is with a mentor you know you don't have to hunt, have your hunter safety at that period of time uh, she was eight years old and I didn't realize what a badass she was because it was the lifestyle that we lived. Yeah. We're just taking her out to shoot a doe. She climbs up in a tree, eight years old, a girl climbs up in a tree stand, puts her harness on. She's got her crossbow up there. October 1st, the first, see here, it all comes back. The first <laughs> cold front in October of 2016, I want to say, or 2017, I think it was 2016, the first cold front, October 1st, we're out there to kill a doe, and I look off to my right, and here comes Bubba on the right-hand uh -huh. side. I look to my left, we're in a double-man stand, I look to my left of her, and I already see her getting all situated and ready, and I can see her breathing, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, this girl's eight, and she's like, I don't have to tell her much, right? That's so I'm awesome. sitting there filming the hunt, and I'm filming it, right? The deer comes out 15 yards broadside, and she shoots this thing, and I thought she, my eyes aren't the best, and I thought she missed it low. So I cut the camera off real quick, and I looked back at her, and I looked back at the deer, and he's belly flipping over 20 yards over. Uh, about 145-inch, 12-point, 8 oh. years old, from a tree stand. I'm like, this girl just smoked it. So She had a big one up there in Iowa. Um, I don't know if it was that one. No. It no, like it might have been a mule deer. Dude. She's already gotten six big bucks, so. That's ridiculous. She she's, loves killed, she's killed at least a 140-inch deer every year that she's hunted from 8 to 13. What? Last year, she killed, uh, it was a busted up deer. He was old, but he, he was probably 140s, but he was busted up in Kansas. But the year before that was 2018. That's the, the picture that got circulating around the internet when she shot that 165-inch uh, 10-point. Oh, man. Dude. That was – see, they, they all got great memories, man. So I'm sitting in a ground blind, right? It's September, alfalfa. Yeah. It's the youth season in Kansas. She's sitting there with a 50 caliber muzzleloader. He's got her little sister with us who was four at the time. It's blazing heat. The vi this video is getting ready to come out, too. I haven't aired this or nothing. I'm actually working on it now. Oh, sweet. So, no shirt on. Her sister's just sitting there. She's pouring water over in the ground blind. Big sister's doing her homework in the blind. We're overlooking alfalfa field on public ground and out steps a couple of 138 points, right? She looks on them and she goes, you ready? I'm like, I don't know, girl. Are you ready? Is this what you want for the year? You've shot bigger. She goes, yeah, this is what I want. I was like, I hit the record button. She goes, no, I don't even think I would mount that. <laughs> no, kid, dude, that's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. So she passed on those two. 
And then I was like, all right, so was that a mistake? I'm like, all right, am I being a prude? You know, it's not about the inches with us. It's about the experience, about eating venison, all that good stuff. I'm like, right. did, I just, did I just call her off of this thing? So while I was sitting, I was like, look, it's Kansas. You only get one buck. We got it all year. She goes, yeah, 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 that's fine. Ten minutes later, she goes, holy crap, big one, big one. She said, dad, I'm shooting this one. Shut up. Oh, that's <laughs> so awesome. Even, yeah, before I could even see anything enter the field, she could have an angle of this big 10-point coming out. So I get the camera ready. And, and this and is Alex public goes, land. Oh, yeah, public land. I, everything we shot on public land. That's awesome. I don't have a, we don't have any private land, so we guide on private, on leases, but we hunt all public land, man. I, I love public land. Dude, that, so what kind of, just in the off-season scouting, how demanding is, is just locating those spots? There has to be a lot of work on the front end, I would imagine. Yeah, so basically that is my whole life. So I'm in Wyoming now. You know, the coronavirus hit. The business kind of sank. Um, for personal reasons, we decided to move west where the virus was kind of less, and we wanted to ride it out, reset and regroup everything. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I still guide in Kansas and Nebraska. The, you call it work. I call it love. I mean, there's nothing more than I like to figure out a deer year round from the time he drops his antler shed hunting to the time he sprouts his velvet. There's that's my favorite period of time is just figuring them all out. Yeah. When you're sitting in the ground blind or the tree stand, or if I have a client out, if, uh, Carrie, the girl's friends are out hunting, I just sit back as like the work's already done. You just kind of let it unfold. But to me, it's awesome exercise, right? It's year round scouting. You're, I'm not on a four wheeler. I'm not in a truck. You know, we're out walking, checking cameras, speeding, scouting the whole year. It's just, to me, it's just awesome, awesome fun instead of work. Well, when I hear that part of it, I mean, that's a, that's a big reason why I stepped out with horny deer sense, just trying to find that level of balance uh it, it's backfired on me a little bit uh we've uh, grown <laughs> grown a lot from year one to two and i've not got to hunt much at all this year and i'm wondering what the hell i've done <laughs> but yeah. i'm sure at some point it'll pay off yeah no it'll pay off man like i said you're doing something good we've run a couple businesses in this industry and it's always hard to get them off the ground but branding and marketing and just seeing the way you guys interacted with our fellow hunters and stuff out there, you guys are going to do, do good things. So I hope, I'm looking forward to following it. I hope we get to get into some more trade shows. We were booked for a few more last year that all ended up getting canceled, but just from that one in Iowa, there's, there's people even today that we still keep in touch with from up there oh, yeah. and uh, people that we spoke to that have ordered and used our product. Um, I don't know if you remember the Berkeley family, uh, but Lucas Berkeley killed just an absolute beast this year. And uh, he attributed it to our product, which was really, when we went into this, you know, we knew that people would see a difference in fresh stuff versus the old, but yep. having people come and, you know, report back, dude, that it's so, it's, it's amazing. It is. And it's something. Oh, yeah. I didn't really comprehend going into it, but now it's, it's like my dopamine. I, every time I get oh. a Facebook message, I'm like, Oh shit, let's, let's see what happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. That's like the best thing. And that's where, you know, you're meant for this business. You know, there's so many people out there who are just money hungry. They'll do anything cut cutthroat just to be a part of the business and think that they can live happily ever after. 
in the life of a hunting industry, but it's not the case. It's like I said before, branding, marketing, you got to have a good product, but you got to have a love for everything that you're doing and appreciation for your customers. For sure. If you, if you appreciate your customers, if you interact with your customers and you make that a lifestyle, then I, I think you can call yourself a winner in the outdoor industry where, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in a down period right now. Cause like I said, we've been doing this for about 15 years. I think I kind of just came across the, I don't want to say the wrong people, but we just had enough of the sponsorships and the money and the TV shows. And I can say, you know, yeah, that, the, that part of the grind. Uh, and I don't know that there's a way of totally avoiding that, but no. you're different, uh, regardless of vertical or what, what type of industry you hear people reflect back on the early days and yeah. you know, maybe they weren't making money or, you know, maybe uh, financially there was struggles or any number of hurdles you get, you have to jump, but it seems like everybody looks back romantically at that early time. In their well, country. there's a very good explanation for this and it's not talked about enough. It's so simple. So I grabbed a camera in 1989. All right. I was actually just showing some friends downstairs, my VHS tapes, Nice. <laughs> my eight millimeter tapes these are oh. boxes boxes and boxes of eight millimeter tapes all right then we recorded someone like cds but we had we were making dvds back in the day but here's the thing back in the day you had a goal to get on the tv right yeah so you've got these sponsors the sponsors kind of you know you paid for your airtime to get onto network tv the sponsors paid you for that airtime. It didn't matter really, you know, if you believed in the product or if they believed in you, everybody was battling for network airtime. Yeah. Now everything has gone to Facebook, YouTube, streaming, not to put everybody down because I love to see it, but it's so easy for anybody to pick up a camera, pick up any kind of editing software, upload to YouTube. It is cutthroat because now partners and industry people are realizing you know the return return on investment they have something for free where people used to have tv where they paid a hundred thousand dollars a year to be on tv now they're not paying anything so now the you know the partners are reflecting the sponsors uh, are reflecting. so it's just i've seen it all unfold there was a period of time where we were so close to getting on the tv we had the check road but then here comes youtube facebook streaming platform. Oh, oh, it was your Y2K. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now we got all this stuff going. Now we're streaming everything. So we, we I, I don't know, we talk about it all the time because we've been like perfectly right in the middle, you know, between old and new and trying yeah. to figure it out. So, uh, so there was a good old days because everybody got along, you know, it wasn't so cutthroat. But if, if somebody who's never hunted before can go out there tomorrow and film something and put it onto YouTube and put a sponsor on it, that opens up the door. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. That opens up the door. And it's good and bad. It's good. I want to see everybody successful and I want to see everybody contributing, but everybody thinks that they're making a living. Their goal is to make a living and not work anymore. Their goal is to think that people are making millions, fame. That's yeah. not the case. It's, work, it's tough work, to mon work. monetize that anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. and we, we have a number of groups uh, that uh, purchase our stuff and then ask for, uh, ask us to send an email or email them a logo to use in their video. 
and yep. I mean, it works out great for us. You know, it's, it's advertising at no price and it, you know, it helps them look legitimate and whatnot. But to be able to, uh, just thinking about the time, money, and effort. Like if it's something that you just love doing, and which I totally get, uh, I love the fact that Horny you know, brings me and my family together. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with cousins now that you know, we haven't really spent much time with since we were really young, you know? Yeah. So I, I totally get that side of it. But looking at it through your glasses, I, it would be very tough to monetize that now. Well, well so yeah, easy. your supply company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, now, now I've come, now I've come to terms with, instead of going to other people, you know, we wanted to have our own thing, you know, let, we wanted to control money monetization and, uh, and be on that into things. So, you know, we've had a lot of good luck with sponsors and partners. We still love them. We still talk to them, you know, but eventually this is what I do for a living. I, I got to pay the bills, you know? So, yeah you know, a tree stand or a, a trail camera or a 10% discount doesn't cut it for everybody. You know, it for does sure. for a lot of people, but you know, for us, it just didn't do it. So deer supply company was born to Kendra life started outfitting hunts. We started using the platform to show our, our guided hunts through this tree. And then the deer supply company came to be where we had our own products. Now we're developing a business where we are guiding hunts. We're filming hunts. We have our own products. We're supply. We're sponsoring ourselves. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and that, I wanted to get into that because uh, I know just, you know, we don't talk daily or even weekly, but we keep in touch at some level. Yep. And I know that you guys are getting pretty aggressive about 2021. What, yeah. What's in the plans for you guys? So for 2021, what we had to do, it was a mental break, right? So I, when you do this for a living, editing, the photography, just the guiding, the whole thing, it's this whole concept in the outdoors. My brain was so wrapped up in everything that I didn't take a deep breath and really appreciate what I had, what I was doing, what was going on uh, day to day. Uh, so with the coronavirus hit, the products we couldn't get our products out on the market so as a hunter like so you, you understand with the spray bottle so the deer supply company we had the cover spray but the only tips that i could have my spray triggers were white that's the only thing i can get in uh, i'm like i'm not putting that in the hunter's backpack you know, i've been I'm there myself so yeah. now my labels are different the label company couldn't get us the labels anymore they could only get us this weird label so now my marketing branding is down the tubes i'm like i don't even want to put this product on the market so i cut the deer supply out we didn't advertise anything anymore but we continually filmed all of our hunts for the last two years even though we haven't uploaded any fresh you got a stash put back we have, dude, like, so that's the gold in this industry, right? So everybody's after footage, everybody's after film. We've never had a problem with that. You know, we film all of our hunts. We probably have uh, a good 17 hunts canned away right now that are high quality. Something oh, wow. that you see. Yep. So they're, they're put away. All the hunts that we just talked about. Uh, Brooks 10 point in Kansas. Nobody's ever seen that. Uh, two years ago, Carrie actually set her own tree stand on public ground. I, I dropped her off. She went back in with uh three cameras by herself set her own stand what? and killed a and killed a nice nine point on I'm not, you know, what I'm, I'm not surprised that woman she's like and i use the analogy every once in a while like a duck swimming across a pond like on top of the surface you know it's it's smooth it's easy going underneath it's busting its ass you know 
And yeah. as you know, she's so quiet and un- unassuming, but the more you learn about her, the more you realize she she's a force, whatever oh, she she's to fierce. Do. Yeah, she's, absolutely. She's fierce, dude. And you know, it's to our own demise. We're both like A personalities. We <laughs> yeah. both want to succeed. We're both very tough on what we do. So we're very critical of everything that we do. We, we put a lot of thought uh, into anything, into our businesses. Everything's very well planned out. Nothing's by the seat of our pants. But like I said, two A personalities, uh, there's some issues with that every once in a while, but at the same time, she's only been hunting for, that was her third bow kill. You're That's talking incredible. about a girl dropping off a woman on public land, setting a lock on tree stand and sticks, setting up a camera. She grunted and rattled him in. That's awesome. Then called me and told me all about it. She hit him in the liver a little bit far back. She's shooting like 45 pounds. Uh, you'll see in the video that, you know, she hit him a little far back. So it was cool. We Dude, had, as a husband, got, were you just like up. beside yourself that your wife did this? Yeah, but at the same time, I had clients in camp at the least that weren't seeing nothing. <laughs> 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 oh, so, so they're yeah, automatically yeah. thinking that you're setting your wife up and they're oh, not no, seeing no, no. shit. That's why we hunt public. Yeah. There's no, you're not going to catch us hunting leases. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's the problem. You start, you start taking people out, you know. There's a lot of funny stuff that happens with that too. So no, we always hunt public and uh, the clients actually came with me to help me track that deer down. And they were just as happy for her as we were. And oh, that's awesome. It was awesome. So I, I get off track here a lot because I get so excited about hunting and, and everything. Uh, but well, 2021, we are so excited to bring the shows back. We're working behind the scenes right now with Carbon TV, the president. Um, we're going to do a lot of behind the scenes we're going to do a better job of showing our lives and what we do instead of just putting out the everyday hunts. Like everybody sees somebody climbing a tree stand, grunt, grunt, grunt a deer and boom, wow. shot it. Oh, look at this 140. I've been chasing him for three years. Da, yeah. da, da. Everybody's over that. We're going to show you behind the scenes. We're going to show you why we love it, why we work so hard to do it. And then as always, we cap it off with the good recipes at the end. And I think that's what really draws everybody into our show from, from start to, the, to end. Oh, yeah. well, and before we before we connected, you know, you, you were kind of asking about talking points and whatnot, things we're going to cover. I just wanted to get you talking about your different hunts because I know <laughs> you, you light up. Well, <laughs> I know you light up because you're genuinely passionate and oh, love what you do, you know, and like that to me, that is for somebody listening and, you know, tracking down your show and watching it. That's what I wanted people to hear was just that passion coming out and excitement. Yeah. When you're talking about your, your daughter's doing great things, your wife, your, your wife doing great things. And, you know, you're a little modest. You kind of step, step <laughs> back a little bit and put the spotlight on them. But all of that disappears when you start talking, like you, you, you can just tell that you love the life that you've built for you and your family. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. And, and we really do. We're not going to lie. We're going to try to get back to Kansas a little more. Uh, the whitetail is in our blood. You know, we're in Wyoming right now. Uh, the elk, antelope, mule deer everywhere. Uh, but there's no climbing up in a tree stand. There's no trail cameras. You know, it's just, they're so abundant. You just kind of go out there and, and most of the years a rifle, nothing against rifles. We, we take advantage of that when we can, but we're bow hunters, you know, we know the whitetails in our vein. And I think I, I do a good job of capturing the excitement in the video because I edit all of our own content and I remember the feeling. Yeah. So I think I can portray the feeling that we were going through, through the video. And I think that helps. Now, I video these things for us to watch as a family down the road. 
it just so happens to be that we can produce it for like carbon tv no well those are the memories that stick with you you know even if (laughs) if it's not videoed um like uh i read a quote not too long ago nobody remembers their best day playing video games you know what i mean uh we had a so Sean and I, our our little brother, he passed away like 15 years ago, like a week ago. And well, it's one of those, you know, it's been 15 years now, and you know, memories fade, and obviously the void never closes. It's weird. Sometimes it seems like it was yesterday. Sometimes it feels like an eternity ago. But to this day, some of my most vivid memories are when we were out hunting or fishing or you know, even on a, a drive to South Georgia, like those are the things that stick with you. It is for sure, man. And that's some of the things you try to convey to people who don't hunt. Like it's just this whole lifestyle and the brotherhood. Yeah. And, and you know, when we, when we started to do the video stuff, we wanted to capture what we wanted out there. So that's where the kindred life came from. We did a lot of thought and thinking the kindred life, you know, it's about a spirit, a mentality and a lifestyle. So that's where the kindred life was kind of born was thinking about, you know, how can we convey our message to everybody of family and friends and it's not, you hear it all over and over again. It's not about the kill. That's the icing on the cake. You know, that's your end goal, but the whole journey, the camaraderie, everything that you get to do leading up to that, and it's a lifestyle and you can, you can utilize that year round. Um, oh, it's, it's beautiful. And, uh, I have a, a whole new level of appreciation for it these days because I had gotten out of it for a number of years and, uh, it, you, you kind of get away from who you are, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you like you're having to reset now just from burnout over the years. I think getting outdoors provides you that very real reset, like things, things get real when you're in the real world like atlanta dallas all these big that's not the real world you know no that's how you that's how you make money to pay for materials in this life absolutely how you fill fill your heart and soul up is you know as for outdoorsmen it's hunting and fishing you know there's something you really connect with the outdoors and it's it's something indescribable to people who don't do it you know i I understand it's not for everybody but for the outdoorsmen that's why ladies, your men, that's why they're gone all the time because it fills their soul and hopefully they take you along with them and, and, you know, get the women involved to do it with them. Yeah. And if they didn't go, you wouldn't be able to live with them. <laughs> no, I know. I know. And it leads us back to why Carrie started to hunt and fish because she realized she wasn't going to spend no time with me unless she learned how to hunt and fish. <laughs> I love it. So we're getting close to an hour here. Um, and it, honestly, it's good to catch up with you. I really, you know, uh, once we left that trade show, like your whole family, you know, we just really connected with you guys and, and glad that we've uh, been able to stay in touch. Uh, we do about once a show. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, obviously with the name of horny deer sense, we do attract a lot of you know younger people. Yep. And uh, you know, if that, if we can parlay that into bringing younger people into hunting, you know, oh, that's just yeah. icing on the cake. So, right. At some point in the show, uh, we like to, you know, ask people just different questions for people thinking about getting into hunting or maybe yeah. have started. So in your experience and you spent, you know, a ton of time in the outdoors over the course of your life yep. to hone in on 
a good quality whitetail buck, like what, what advice would you give somebody that's just stepped into this? So you mean like if somebody's just getting involved in the hunting and they want to harvest a nice buck, what would my advice be? Yeah. Yeah. Stop thinking like young does and young bucks. Oh, it's, a I like that. it's a different deer. It's a different deer. All right. So here's the way. Now I do a lot of talking, a lot of shows that I'm really good with analogies, right? So the analogy that I use for that situation is think about your grandfather. Think about a house full of kids running around. The women are cooking. The kids are running around. Where's grandpa? He's downstairs rocking in his rocking chair away from all that crap until like the time that. is right. right? No, that's pretty, that's actually right. pretty perfect. When, when the time is right, he knows to come up for dinner, right? Yeah. He knows when to come up for whatever business he's got to take care of. But as a deer gets older, they are just a different critter. So you're just going to have to not worry about – I get guilty of this because I got kids and I want them to see deer. Yeah. But when we go out to see deer – you usually see your, you know, two-year-olds and your does and all that stuff. Right. Uh, that, that big deer's just doing different stuff. Now that's that's uh, I'm gonna steal that from you, but I promise you, I'll attach it. I'll attach no, it. No. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yep, yep. No, I I love to talk deer and deer hunting, man. So I'm gonna good. I'm gonna be like the other day. I was talking to my buddy Jason Kephart, and it just came to me that deer are a lot like a family. You know, you got a grandpa. To, <laughs> I'm just yeah, gonna right? check the shit out of it. Well, he's he's cranky down there too, and he's like, "Ah, y'all, shut up and stay away from me. Be quiet." It is pretty perfect, though, and uh, that I think taking that step from you know everybody wants to see a deer when they go hunting, but when when you start thinking in terms of I may not see a deer, but if I do, it's going to be a good one. Like that's that's when you're growing as a hunter. Yep, yep, yep. And you can't, like that same analogy, you can't blow through the house and spook the kids and the grandmas to get to grandpa, too. So you got to take care of them. Oh, another and layer. I like it. Find your way to him without spooking him and let him know that he's nice and comfortable and then catch him. You know, they talk about don't hunt in the kitchen and don't hunt in the bedroom, hunt in the hallway. Right. That's that's what I like to do. So I love it. Just catch him, catch him coming out of the basement, going to his bedroom or going to his, go get his food. Oh yeah, dude. I'm so glad that we finally got connected. So, uh, we were supposed to do this last week. Uh, thank God you didn't have something serious like the flu. You know, it was just COVID. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's in Wyoming like nobody's business right now. They missed the first wave, but they're getting pounded with the second wave. So I'm surprised the schools are still open right now. You know, it's funny. I, I was seeing some uh, figures like the cases of the actual flu. The flu basically doesn't exist anymore. It's basically disappeared. Uh, I can't help but think that this whole this whole shit's just a rebranded version of the flu. I don't know, but we'll see. That's uh, that's where we are as far as 2021, uh, which we did rebook Iowa, uh, but that's the only one that we've booked at this. We oh, just don't no know what the hell. Oh, so good. That's good to know that Iowa's still going. Well, they're they're planning on it. Um, they did, uh, you know, they are offering you know full refunds for deposits and stuff if you know if it didn't go off. So, um, yeah, we're gonna try it, and if it if it happens, great. I hope so. We had just an absolute ball up there last year, but oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. 
But dude, no joke. Enjoy the hell catching up. Um, if you're ever out in this neck of the woods, I've got literally bear and everything. Right, my house butts up to the Cahutta Wilderness, which is like nineteen thousand acres of protected forest here in yeah. West Georgia. But we've got bear, turkey, everything. You guys are always more than welcome. Look, just to wrap that up, once this virus crap gets around and we can start traveling again, how fun would that be to bring the girls down there to experience some Georgia? Hey, in the words of Doc Holliday, say when, you know? (laughs) Right, right. So last year, this this is going to go back to you guys too, you and your family, whoever you want to bring, brothers, cousins, anybody. We're still guiding in Kansas and Nebraska. Last year, they wouldn't allow any out-of-staters in. All my places are untouched for a year. Oh, we're gonna wow. Back, and we're going to go back to Turkey. Yeah, Nebraska and Kansas didn't allow any out-of-staters turkey hunting. And uh, they, we were late on the ball for people because you draw your tag in Kansas in April. So we didn't have any deer hunters last year, no turkey hunters last year, no deer supply company last year. So that's why we're going through this big reset. But if you guys want to come up to Kansas or Nebraska – those things are freaking fire. <laughs> like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm dead serious. Count, count me in for sure. Um, okay. But let me know because in that part, that part's pretty new. I've never really traveled uh, outside of Georgia except for like Alabama to deer hunt. So beautiful. The, uh, the process as far as tags and everything like that. Just let me know what I need to do, and we'll get that squared away for sure. Sounds good. That's part of our future plans, too. When we uh, unload some of our podcasts and our TV shows, we'll be explaining how you get your tags in different places and some of the mentality without giving away specific areas. We hunt a lot of public, so we're going to go a little more into detail on how you get your tags, how do you apply for points, what's your chances, your odds, where to start. We're looking forward to getting into all of that just to help out a fellow hunter. Oh, useful. Well, yeah, and I think that stops a lot of people from doing a lot of things is just, you know, not having those types of resources. So, Oh, I'd love to hunt Georgia, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to start hunting Georgia. Heck, all right, so I'm not going to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Well, we uh, bring, bring them. I've got pictures literally from my back porch, uh, Black Bear. You know, I've got a feeder back here, and uh, we don't have to go far. I've never killed one, yet, which is ironic. I've just, you know, never had that itch to scratch but uh, we'll do it for sure man okay okay man i appreciate your time dude absolutely tell make sure you call call me after we hang up because i'm not done (laughs) hey well i'll just stop the video and then we can just hanging out and yeah i can drop you know more dirty words and talk about my brother's taint there you go (laughs) (laughs) nice talking to you dude (laughs) we'll see brother see you buddy Hope you enjoyed episode five of the Horny Deer Sense podcast. Uh, we're you know still learning as we go, but hope you're enjoying it so far. If you haven't subscribed and don't mind, go ahead and do that. And if it doesn't suck too bad, tell somebody about it. We appreciate it and we'll see you next time.